Once again, you have someone live and local on your radio. Coming up, join Patrick Lally as he looks reality straight in the face on the Talk of Sioux Falls. Information 1000 KSOO. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on what is a blustery Thursday here in the best little city in America. Uber producer Dan Peters and I will be here up to five o'clock to guide you through, uh, a, you know, a couple hours of lively and informative conversation on local and uh, national politics, mountain biking. There's some mountain biking in there, prescription drug prices and sports. So, you know, we've got a lot of different stuff going on today. It's as uh, we do most days, it's a good variety of topics, and that's what we try and do, jump from one thing to another, the things that are interesting to you and are interesting to me. Just an update from uh, yesterday's opening, by the way, on ethnic food. I did, in fact, have dinner uh, after the show. I went straight over to Shahi Palace. Great Indian food, as usual. Tried a couple of new items on the menu, and I'm, I'm never disappointed over there. I, as I said yesterday, looking forward to uh, a the uh, an addition of another Indian restaurant in town, as well as all the great ethnic food that we already have. Another update, uh, I'm now podcasting this program on just about every platform out there, including SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So if you're a podcast person, you can get the show. And uh, so that's, that's a, a new development. Uh, if you don't see it immediately, it should be there soon. I know the uh, Stitcher stuff is up and running. So I'm going to do, uh, I, I post both the entire show and some selected segments. You can go to my social media, uh, Patrick Lally on Facebook or Bald and Surly on Twitter, and you can see those notifications. So so look for it. Um, as always, you can catch the first half of the show uh, on Facebook Live, where we are right now saying hi to everybody on Facebook Live. Great radio. I'm waving. I'm waving. Uh, and we, uh, Uber producer Dan Peters is working uh, diligently to, you know, on the technical side of uh, getting us up to full two hours of live streaming fairly soon, fairly soon. Chad and Beth are, are doing it in the morning, and uh, it's, it's fabulous. I watch it when I get up occasionally, when I'm occasionally up that early. Also, follow the show on Twitter at P. Lally Show for the latest schedules, updates, and links from Dan Peters in the newsroom at some point. Fairly soon, fairly soon, Dan, we're going to start taking phone calls. I think that'll be exciting for everybody, don't you? Well, yeah, that is a threshold that yep. we have been looking to cross for a while. Yep, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it, uh, getting us to this point. Mostly, it's on me, my technical ability here at the radio station KSOO Information One Thousand, uh, and I I can't guarantee you it'll work today. But if you've got something to say, you know. A little dry run or a question for a guest. Scott Arisman will be on later. People always want to talk to Scott. Uh, the number to the studio is 338-KSOO. That's 338-5766. It's pretty easy to remember. 338-KSOO. I've been dialing that number forever. I used to call into Nobi way back in the day. And occasionally I would use a fake name. I'm Once, maybe. Once. Only once? Only, only once. <laughs> that was a long... And we're talking about you know, like 25 years ago, something like that. And uh, I think Rick knew it was me, though. Don't you think? You know, he's pretty savvy about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He'd say, okay, Pete, what would you want to say? <laughs> so, but if you want to call in today, 338-KSOO, that's 338-5766. We'll, we'll see what we can do. At least you get to talk to Dan. 
um, you know, join in the conversation. That's our goal here. Uh, we're not going to, like, it's not going to be open phones America or anything. Open phones for the hour. We're not going to do that. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I have talked a lot about the State U game on this program for a couple of weeks, the big football game. Well, it's coming up on Saturday at the Dakota Dome in Vermilion. And, Dan, i got to tell you, Dan, also, uh, we, are, we are fellow coyotes. This is a coyote zone here on Information 1000 KSOO. I'm nervous, though. I, I have concerns, Dan, that we have not been trending as well as I would like. I, I want to watch that game, and I've talked about trying to find a place to uh, watch the game where I'm in good company. Um, but generally speaking, I'm not good at watching games <laughs> in which I have like a rooting interest. I like watching football, you know, but I'm not, I don't have a huge alliance to any of those teams. I have a huge alliance to the USD fighting coyotes and, you know, and that's why, you know, I will wear blue, but never with yellow. And, but I, when I'm watching the game and if it's an important game, it's too much stress for me. I, I kind of freak out. I nearly exploded watching the game versus Youngstown earlier this year at the Barrel House. I was told later how entertaining it was for the other guests to watch me, but it's high stress for me. So I'm considering just going on the dig-in fundraiser uh, ride for the mountain bike trails and riding for a little while and then maybe slip in and catch the second half, depending on how my phone tells me it's going. You gonna are you gonna watch a game, Dan? You're probably busy. You got Sky Force this weekend, don't you? Yeah, I got stuff with the Sky Force that I'm doing, so I'm probably not gonna be. I'm gonna be in full Sky Force mode. Yeah. Voice of the Sky Force, Mister Dan Peters. Although I do feel bad that this weekend is the weekend that they have set that the university have set for mm-hmm. former members of the Coyote Marching Band, of which we are both yeah, alumni. We are, yeah, believe that or don't. Yeah, and. <laughs> And the, that, and they invite alumni to come yep. back and play with the current band. Mm-hmm. And I've got I've got one of the people who who is uh, part and parcel to that. She's she's reminding me. I said, Dan, mm-hmm. are you coming? Dan, are you coming? I said, No, I got Skyforce stuff going on. I'm <sighs> I'm in the Facebook group for uh, you know marching coyotes alumni, and uh, at one point they were really bugging me to come down, and I really should, but. That's that would be fun, but not for the state. You I can't do it for state. You game. I would just I'd go nuts. Also, I can't play that well anymore. So they always need a tuba, though, right? No matter how good you can play, they always need a tuba. Oh yeah, the good yeah. Keeping the chops is is the tough part of I that. Know. I know it's tough. Um, so we'll see how Saturday goes. Uh, it's you know it's self preservation at this point. Uh, the general thinking is that SDSU was in the playoffs because they've got eight wins. USD has seven wins. And she could make the playoffs, we'll have to see. But if they win, they're in. So it's a big game for everybody. Uh, it's just a big dang deal. And uh, tomorrow, Jeff Harkness from ESPN 99.1 will be with us to preview the SmackDown in the Dome. So that'll be good. Today, we've got a fantastic show. Local blogger and City Hall watcher Scott Erisman will be in the studio for the second hour. There's a lot going on with city government right now. And Scott has himself pretty firing up, fired up, judging by the latest posts on his blog, SouthCola.com. Smart Cyclist will be in for Weird Friends. As I said, big mountain, of bike, big mountain bike events this weekend, and we'll wrap up on the cross season, look ahead to winter and spring. Wayne Wine, Wine, Weingarten, sorry, my apologies to Mr. Weingarten, of the Pacific Research Institute will be here. We're going to talk about prescription drug prices for people and a program that's kind of gotten dusted uh, and not being used in the way it's supposed to be to keep prices down for people in hospitals. And I'll have the P&L statement just after the next break. Today's topic, um, we've got a lot going on. The stupid man update, that'll be fun. 
and uh, uh, Latin there in the news. And then I think we'll talk a little bit about the pavilion. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 317 on the Patrick Lally Show. And it's the Bodines. It must be time for the PL statement here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I'm looking through the news as I do, as I like to do, a little news here and there, and there is a lot going on today. But I, you just can't get away from uh, the uh, continued issues with uh, revelations about sexual assault and sexual harassment and just bad behavior. What, I, what I'm now going to call the stupid man update. I think we'll be doing the stupid man update for a while now. And it's the latest on uh, sexual assault and harassment news in the world of politics, news and entertainment. Today's stupid man is Senator Al Franken. He uh, admitted, as you've heard, to forcibly kissing a broadcaster on a USO trip in 2006, included, including putting his hands over her breasts for a picture while she slept. Uh, Franken apologized, but the photo is not good. Not good. Uh, he says he doesn't remember it the same way uh, the woman Leanne Tweeden, who is a broadcaster at KABC out in uh, L.A., I believe, um, you know, they were on a USO trip in uh, 2006, and the photo is bad, all right? That's, in, in, all, in all of these uh, revelations, you know, when people have some measure of deniability, there's no measure of deniability here, because the photo is bad, and most of you have probably seen it. It's now being, uh, let's say, modified for internet consumption. Um, so... That's that's uh, one stupid man for the day, and it's clearly stupid. Um, there's maybe an ethics committee investigation, but I think we know what happened here. It's stupid. Uh, there's fallout, con- continued fallout from the original one of the original stupid man, which is Harvey Weinstein. Uh, there may be he now has been hit with a new lawsuit. He lost an honorary degree. His former company forced to sell off a major film asset. Uh, but they, his company, Weinstein and his company, were hit with a proposed class action lawsuit that targets what is called the producer's casting couch harassment and abuses. It was filed in L.A. Uh, by an unnamed aspiring actress who claims Weinstein harassed her in a building occupied by his former company, Miramax. And so that's a, that's a stupid man update. And, of course, it keeps getting worse for the stupid man in chief, Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore. Uh, as Repub- as Democratic, I'm sorry, President Donald Trump is staying on the sidelines in that one wisely. Um, they are uh, rallying around Roy Moore down there and the, the state, the Alabama GOP and the national GOP are fighting, trying to get him out of the race and he won't do it. Um, it's It's bad. It's bad because now... There's, you know, three new allegations of misconduct reported Wednesday. Uh, Tina Johnson told AL.com that Moore groped her during a 1991 meeting in his law office. Uh, yeah, you know, there's two others told the Washington Post they were young women when Moore co- courted them as a district attorney in his 30s. Um, 
You know, apparently he used to just hang out in the mall and there's some reports that he got kicked out of the mall for creeping on the, on the staff of the various stores who were all young women. I mean, it's, it's not good. And so, but he's, he's uh, ever defiant. Moore offered fighting words in a tweet addressed to the top Senate Republican. I believe this is from the AP. Dear Mitch McConnell, bring period it period on. Chris Hansen, executive director of the National GOP Senate Campaign Committee, fired back. Bring it on as a movie about cheerleaders. <laughs> so that's not going well uh, for the GOP. They've got a serious problem there with Mr. Moore, and I don't suspect that we've heard the last of the allegations. Just the fact that he was like hanging out in the mall trying to date, you know, retail store employees is I, that should just freak people out on its on its face. Anyway, there's more, but that's our stupid man update for the day. I, you, you know, tune in tomorrow. I'm sure there'll be more. Uh, moving on to local issues. Uh, I saw on Siouxfalls.business today, our friend Jody Schwann's site, Washington Pavilion announces new projects, corporate partners. I think this is pretty interesting. Um, so the, the Washington Pavilion plans to renovate two floors of the Kirby Science Discovery Center and introduce family-friendly exhibits to, at the Visual Arts Center next year and help and with the help of several corporate sponsors. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I think this is good. The Pavilion announced Wednesday its new Pillar Partners Recognition Program highlighting significant supporters. Uh, includes six businesses uh, from the city of Sioux Falls, and the city of Sioux Falls, uh, Avera, First National Bank, First Premier Bank, Premier Bank Card, Holt McDowell, Sanford Health, all made multi-year financial commitment to the pavilion. Um, and they say, and uh, Darren Smith, who is now pavilion president and CEO, former city councilor, former right-hand man to uh, Mayor Mike Uther, says uh, that the in 2017, the pavilion broke all-time record for the highest number of pav- pavilion performance series subscribers and the highest number of tickets sold in a calendar year, largest number of tickets sold to a single show, et cetera, et cetera. So things seem to be going fairly well to pavilion, but the Science Center has always been kind of an albatross or a, uh, a an anchor around the neck of the place in terms of the finances. And, and that's been tough uh, because it takes a lot of money to run a Science Center. It, you have to keep it fresh. And that's what they just haven't been able to do. And so, you know, once you've been to the Science Center once, how many times are you going to go back with your kiddos, right? Um, and it, the pavilion, in my mind, is such a huge asset to, the Sioux, to Sioux Falls. And I know that when it was debate was going on and all during its history, people keep talking about it as some sort of, you know, homage to the elite of our community. And I just, I don't see it that way. Um, it's, it's a fantastic venue for performance for all the things that are tied up in there, including uh, the Arts Center and the Science Center. And, you know, the Science Center's problems notwithstanding. Uh, the theater is awesome. Um, if we would have let that place get destroyed in the 90s when this debate was going on and it was empty as the high, old Washington High School, we would have looked back on it as a huge mistake in our city's history. And we, so we made it a good decision there. As I said, the Great Hall is a fabulous place to see live theater. Um, and I tend to agree with our guests on this show, Scott Erisman later in the show, who believes the Arts Center should be free. I think that's a good idea. And it used to be uh, exposing art, all types of art to a broader audience is 
baked into the system and the mission of that place. And it's that mission is more realistic if the place is free. And I, I would love to find some way to do that. Now, sometimes they have big exhibits and maybe there's a way to charge for some of these traveling shows. I understand that. Uh, but trying to fix the science center is a big deal and maybe this will help it. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot to see here uh, in terms of how this plays out, but it's great to see the corporate support. Uh, I hope it means a whole new vitality for the venture, particularly the science center. I love the place and I hope it will make it better in the long term. I will say one thing, the Belvis theater in there is from, from what I can tell highly underused. It is a wonderful small theater. Um, I saw a couple of music acts there over the years, Whirling Dervish, or Dervish. It wasn't called Whirling Dervish, just Dervish. It was an Irish outfit several years ago. And I'd love to see more stuff there. I would like to go to more events in that spot. Um, So hopefully they can start booking more into that. That would make me happy. But overall, great news for the Pavilion. I think they're headed in the right direction. I'm sure Scott will have some differing opinion for us on that later in the show. Uh, that's the bottom line on the PL. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me, patrick at ksoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and communicate with us there, P. Lally Show, or, you know, always on Facebook Live for the first half hour and hopefully more later. Uh, we're going to come right back with Weird Friends. The smart cyclist will be the, with us, and we got a lot to talk about there. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-three on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. The heart is a blue. Shoots up through the stony ground. You too, beautiful day. Taking us into. Our Weird Friends Conversation for the Day. My favorite time of the day. Today we've got the Smart Cyclist with us. Because it's a beautiful day. It right, is smart a beautiful cyclist? day. Absolutely. And it's always a beautiful day for a bike ride, and so we like to talk to the Smart Cyclist whenever we can. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Smart Cyclist, uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but there's a, a, a big event coming up for folks who are into the mountain biking and the and uh, the trails and the single track around town, and uh, you're going to be quite busy, aren't you? Yeah, we uh, met today over lunch and put the final touches on what's shaping up to be a pretty good ride. There's a nice buzz. Um, I think 40 people are going to come as long as the sun is out, but it's supposed to be windy and cool, so that might moderate it a bit. But yeah, we've got good food, some homemade food. We've got good information to convey and. Uh, we're looking to create some buzz and funding for uh, a good build experience in Tut Hill Park. Yeah, so the the project is uh, is going to put uh, uh, some miles of uh, single track, which is mountain bike trail, uh, in that can be used by anybody. We should say that, right? I mean, this is not like if you go walking on it, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> yes, um, we have people in uh, the Leaders Park area stop us on the street and say, oh, we love what you've done with Leaders Park. We can walk in there now instead of having to tromp through thick underbrush. So. Yeah, and so that's uh, that's what the uh, Dig In fundraiser, fundraiser is. By the way, Michael, it's going to be a beautiful day. That's why I played that song. Excellent. Don't, don't, don't jinx it now by saying it's going to be cold. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, so it's 1 o'clock, right? Yep. One o'clock uh, down in the parking lot next to the public library downtown. 
Yeah, we're leaving. It's public parking, free parking, um, and it's the lot north of the library downtown. And then ride around town, eat food, and have fun. Yeah, we're going to do the stops at the bike shops, and we're going to do part of, well, we're going to do lots of our single track that exists, and we're going to do a little loop through Tuthill Park as well. Oh, right on. Sounds like a great time. I'm going to try and be there. So bring your off-road bike. Yeah, I have one of those, as it turns out. Um, uh, So the other thing that you and I talk a lot about is uh, cyclocross racing, and we both were in Lamar's last weekend for Frosty Cross. The photos are outstanding, by the way. Um, and but now I'm I'm kind of depressed. I got kind of like a cyclocross post cyclocross season depression. How are you feeling? I've I've been lamenting the end of of cyclocross. Yes, I'm coming out of it because I'm looking to the future. But yeah, there's always that. Uh, 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 the, the kid and I have been, you know, traveling since September doing yeah. racing on, on the weekends. How many and races so, did you do this year? I think we went to six events. Wow. Uh, does that count the one in town? Yes. That's I, a lot. Yes. yes. That's a lot of racing because not only that, you always do multiple events when you're there. Right. Um, we certainly do one each day, Saturday and Sunday. And then sometimes we do more than that, uh, each of those individual days too. So yeah, I, I so, yeah, we have, we've uh, had a good time hanging out and, and traveling and, and doing that biking thing. So it's a, it's a hard thing to let go. It's yeah. been so intense for a couple months. It's a fun atmosphere. Um, yep. I actually, I've, I've sort of flirted with the idea cause there are a couple events left. Uh, there's a big race up in the twin cities this weekend. And then in two weeks, there's one down in Iowa somewhere and I, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> you got to let it go at some point, right? You do. You do. Um, it, it should be noted, though, that uh, in Lamar's, it was the first time that Patrick and Michael have lined up at the same starting line. That's true. That I, you know, I hadn't thought about that before. And while you might not want to bring it up, um, <laughs> the result was favorable to you. So well, congratulations on that. We were we were neck and neck there for a long time, though. That was fun. Yeah, it was. That was real racing. And then I had to sprint at the end and that dude on a fat bike. I Now, here's the deal. They put the fat bikers and the masters together. So the fat bikers weren't necessarily old guys. I want to point that out. That is an important, yes. The guy on the fat bike that that dogged me was sprinting with me towards the end mm-hmm. would look to be much, much younger than I am. So I'm going to just say that. He looked to be, yeah. Yeah, I can't verify that because I didn't go talk to him because I was disgusted with myself. But <laughs> no, he was a nice guy. I shouldn't say well, that. Well, what what that means though is that I certainly got beat by the fat bike. Did you be, get beat by him, or did you did you get him at the line? You know, I don't know because those results were split out. I'm okay. not sure. It was that okay. close. It was a bike throw yeah. situation. You know, people don't when you throw the bike ahead of you at the end just to try and get an extra inch. Yep. And uh, I never went back and asked, so I. I didn't want to know. I'm going to just assume we tied. That's a good assumption. Yeah, I like it. But there are some other things coming up. The very interesting events coming up in uh, the greater Sioux Falls area. Uh, and one of them is an event I have not done before, which is Riddle Box. Have you done that? I have not. I've, I've often wanted to, but uh, the weather kind of scares me off, especially for uh, spending 100 miles um, out in 40-degree weather. But yeah. they, got a, they have a 25-mile option this year. Yeah. That what's got my name written all over it. Yeah, mine too. And that's uh, that's going to be like a gravel ride south of town, 
Um, there's details out there, but yeah, that's, uh, I think the second weekend of December. Yeah. And that's sponsored, uh, by two wheeler dealer bike shop and they've been doing it for a few years. There's, it's not only a bike deal. There's a, there's an ultra marathon run on the same course, I think. Yes. That yes. And is that a hundred mile run? Do they, is that the distance for them? I don't know. I, I know it's a long ways, but I don't know if they're the same distance. Right. But it's whatever it is, it's hard. <laughs> Yes, and they and they have um, a good turnout too for that event. So yeah, that should be cool. Um, Pretty neat. And that's in December. I think it's like the ninth. Is that right? right. December ninth. I would agree. Yes, I would agree. But if you do a little googling, or if you stop in at Two Wheeler Dealer, they'll tell you all about it. I actually have a new bike coming. Did you know that? I don't know that. What are you getting? I uh, I ordered a Fargo Salsa Fargo that would Perfect be for that ride. Ideal for that ride. Which the Fargo is kind of a hybrid of a mountain bike and a not a road bike but kind of like a i don't know how to explain it but it's for you know adventure bike packing and that kind of thing so this would be right. be fun be a little uh maiden voyage for my fargo that'd be awesome i got the purple one good <laughs> beautiful yeah i know i'm really looking for i've been this excited for a new bike in a long time should, should we commit to each other right now yep let's do it all right real box all right we're in we're in that was easy um, nope. Oh, not even a pinky promise. No. Well, it's a it's a figurative pinky promise. That you know, right there, we're doing yeah. it. Yeah, that counts. I think we could get Dan out there. Maybe you could do play by play, Dan. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. There you go. I like that idea. Although it'd be hard. You'd have to get like in a. You'd need one of the motorcycles like they have at Tour de France. That'd be I'm good. Getting serious. Yeah, I like it. Um, there's other stuff coming up though. You now you told me you're a, you're a bit of a runner you know we've talked yes. about this you, but you're trying to do the irishman in the in the spring is that right yes that is that is in my mind as my next big event now i did that last year too you did the whole thing last year yes which is what again i don't because i've not done it that is um first of all it's st patrick's day march mm-hmm. 17th um actually march 17th this year mm-hmm. st patrick's day um five mile run five uh and then a break and then a 5K run, and then a break, and then a one-mile run. Ooh, that's the breaks that kill you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And they, they're, they're significant breaks, so like maybe half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like fun. Maybe I'll do that too. Yeah. And so, I'm, yeah, I'm actually, that's what I've set my sights on is to keep me moving through the winters and, and, you know, with the biking, but to keep my activity level up like it was when the, when it was warm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I'm doing that, doing that running thing. Looking forward to do that. I still have my, uh, last year's results saved in my inbox and I see them occasionally and think, okay, let's beat that. Let's do better than that. That's all you can ask, right? That's, right. that's the beauty of endurance sports. You just want to do better than you did before. Yep. Um, I also need to congratulate you, Mr. Smart Cyclist, cause you are the next president of the falls area bicyclist. So congratulations on that. Why? Thank you. That'll be a that'll be an interesting and fun time. I'm looking forward to working with some a new team of people that I, you know, that I know, yep. but haven't like ever attempted to accomplish anything with. So. Yeah. and that's a lot of bike advocacy and organizing a lot of uh, family oriented rides. It's not all dudes in Lycra. That's right. Because we've had enough of dudes in Lycra for a while, right? Yes, we have. <laughs> so now we're dudes in wool. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, 
Zilzin wool and uh, technical t-shirts when it warms up. Yeah. You got any got any tips for us this, this time around, Mr. Smart Cyclist? You know, uh, on the Falls Area Single Track uh, Facebook page, Instagram, there's a picture of uh, one of our board members stopped at the light at uh, 41st and Holly, mm-hmm. heading over to the Western Mall area, mm-hmm. and he's off to the right-hand side of the road. And there's a driver to his left wanting to turn right. Squeezing him. And and she's just not sure he's over there. So I think he wants me to pass him. But, man, it doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. And so, so, yep, get over there into the left. They can go around you on your right and yep. not cut you off. Yep, and, that's always kind of a tricky and, deal when you're going straight and somebody wants to turn right behind you. you got to get far to the left so they have room. Yep. And then, and then it's clear what the order is through that light. It's it's the first come first serve, and that's a basic traffic engineering principle. And it's clear when you're over there on the left, and they can turn right around you on your right side instead of your left. So he gave me permission to post that. He gave me permission to say that. So that's my tip today. Outstanding, Mr. Smart Cyclist. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me today, and we'll see you out there, huh? Cool. Yeah. This is All the right. Patrick Lally Show on Information One Thousand KSOO. Three forty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we are joined on the phone right now by Mister Wayne Weingarten, and he is with the Pacific Research Institute, and uh, they are involved in prescription drug prices and a program known as Three Forty B, the which is a, a, an organization called Alliance for Integrity and Reform of Three Forty B. Mr. Weingarten, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, where are you calling us from, by the way? I'm, I'm calling you from Falls Church, Virginia. Oh, lovely community by all indications. Um, so tell us uh, what the Three Forty B program is. I have a, I have a, a rough idea, but I think you could probably explain it to the listeners a little better than I can. Absolutely. The 340B program, it's, it's actually a very obscure program. I don't think many people have heard of it. It's, it's got actually a very inhuman name, 340B. Uh, and, but it has a very important mission, right? Its intention is to help poor people who are uninsured be able to afford their medicines. Uh, but despite the intention, the problem is that it's not achieving that mission. And, and the reason why it's not achieving that mission, it needs to be reformed, is because they have very lax rules and regulations kind of guiding how the, the policy should work. And so in, inevitably what's happened is you have a great amount of the program being kind of diverted to people with insurance. So a lot of the program, which is supposed to be helping low-income uninsured people, is actually uh, being kind of used to uh, give drugs to people who are insurance. And then what happens is your um, hospitals and the, the covered entities that are supposed to be providing charity care have then been able to turn this into kind of a, a profit-generating mechanism. And that's kind of the, the, the crux of the issue that's going on. So where, um, where did this uh, program come from? How long has it been around? It's been around since 1992. So it's been around for a very long time. Uh, but the recent changes from the Affordable Care Act has allowed a lot more... Uh, it loosened the the, uh, the regulations on what they call covered entities. It's the federal health clinics. It's the hospitals. And those got loosened in, uh, in in the Affordable Care Act. And then you also had kind of at the same time the regulator changed the relationship between pharmacies. 
So traditionally, if you were uh, outside of the hospital, if a pharmacy outside the hospital, uh, a hospital could contract with them if they didn't have a pharmacy on site. The idea was that you needed a place to get the drugs done. Well, the regulatory changes allowed any hospital, whether you had an in-house pharmacy or not, contract with uh, any number of pharmacies. And so that's significantly increased kind of the contract pharmacy relationship. And that's led to a, a great deal of diversion where drugs aren't ending up with the population it's supposed to. It ended up with a lot of kind of lack of control over the, uh, over the drugs, again, becoming a, a profit mechanism for the pharmacies and for the hospitals. So are you asking Congress to take some action on this, or what, what are you asking for? happen in order to get the, the, the program back under control is these regulatory changes that have allowed the program to grow beyond its initial um, intention, um, th- those need to be reformed so that uh, you shouldn't have a, a hospital with literally dozens and dozens of contract pharmacies that are located uh, in areas where the low-income people don't live. Mm. Uh, that's not the purpose of the program. So you need kind of more stringent regulation that brings the, the, the number of contract pharmacies back down to just serving kind of the population it's intended to serve. Uh, the same thing, covered entities, that they've grown, the number of hospitals that are 340B, that eligibility has increased. Well, Congress needs to go in and need, need to change those regulations so you don't have this proliferation of, uh, of hospitals all participating in the program, all leading to this abuse and, and, and overuse of the, of the drug discount program. So do you know which hospitals are using it, which aren't? Are you able to target it down that far? Yes. I mean, they know about right now, originally in 1992, there was about 50 hospitals that were associated with the program. Now about one-third of all the hospitals in the country are 340B affiliated. Uh, and, and that's just growth well beyond kind of obviously the, the intention of this. It's supposed to be just where the low-income uninsured people need the help. That's where the, you know the hospitals are supposed to be targeted, not one third of the hospitals. How much money are we talking about here? You're talking about eight percent of the drugs sold hmm. today go through this 340B program. That's about twenty-eight billion dollars worth of drugs that are going through this program, and so a program that's supposed to be a small niche program to help kind of that target population has now become kind of a major kind of uh, part of the the drug sales chain. Do you know, like, uh, uh, hospitals in, the, in our region are involved in this? Is it pretty uniform across the country? How does that work? It, it is uniform across the country. I don't know specifically which ones uh, would be, but absolutely. They're, they're in your region. They're mm-hmm. in, you know, South Dakota. They're in California, New York, uh, Virginia, everywhere. So uh, how can I find out if my uh, health provider, my hospital clinic is involved in this program? Can, is there some way well, for me to find uh, out? Yeah, if you go to kind of the, again, the Air 340B uh, website, uh, we have a, a great deal more information, more details about what the program, what its, its positive intentions and how we can reform the program so that, you know, the idea is not to get rid of the program, right? It's to, ser- to have the program serve its actual purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to air340b.org, we have uh, all sorts of resources available so that listeners can go, they can contact their members of Congress and uh, look for um, ways to reform the program. And so that would be at 340breform.org. 340breform.org, the organization is known as Alliance for Integrity and Reform of 340B. 
Mr. Wayne Weingarten, uh, Pacific Research Institute. Thanks for filling us in. I appreciate the time, sir. Oh, thank you very much. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 357 on the Patrick Lally Show. Once there was this kid who got into an accident and caught and come to school. But Crash test dummies? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Song I haven't heard for a long time. Just thought I'd play it. Always enjoyed the crash test dummies. We got a little breaking news, however. Uh, Producer Dan Peters in the newsroom has uh, told me that uh, there's a Keystone, there's a leak been found in South Dakota on the Keystone oil pipeline. Is that, is that, do I got that right, Dan? And they estimate 210,000 gallons of oil leaked from this. That sounds like a lot. That is. So that would be in Marshall County. Okay, which Marshall County for folks who, uh, that's up in the northeast, kind of up by uh, up by Brown County, right? Kind of, I get my counties. I've got a big county map on the wall. I should get a better idea where that is. But Yeah, Marshall County is up in the northeast corner, and got that it. would be Sisseton. But the community, Amherst. Amherst. Amherst? Actually, no, um, oh, Marshall County is to the to the west of Sisseton. To the west of Sisseton. Yeah, right Roberts up, County is Sisseton. Right up near North Dakota up there. Got yeah, it. Yeah, it's north of uh, Webster and we'll have a little more on that uh, during the newscast at the top of the hour, I presume. Yes. Yes, we will give you more details on that. Awesome. Uh, also, I want to tell folks that uh, remind you that the uh, Christmas at the Cathedral is coming up. That's December 14, 15, 16, and 17. And uh, you're going to want to see that uh, all four nights at 7.30 and a 1 p.m. performance on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday. That's to raise money for the Bishop Dudley House and uh, the preservation of the cathedral. So that's good. Coming up in the second hour. As uh, Dan said, we'll have the news, and then we're going to talk to Scott Arisman, he of uh, local blogger fame and uh, city politics and such. That will be an interesting conversation, as always. So stay tuned for that. Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up in the next hour of the Patrick Lally Show. We are going to talk with Mr. Scott Erisman. Of course, he is the local blogger and uh, city hall watcher. And we'll uh, try and pay attention to that uh, oil spill up in Marshall County. That that could be a big deal because, as you know, there's a lot of debate over the Keystone Pipeline. That's the original Keystone Pipeline. And uh, it's the one that's been running now for a while. And um, so, but there'll be, it'll reflect poorly on the ability to do the next one. 210,000 gallons, it sounds like a lot to me, but you know, the degree to which they can get it cleaned up. I've always been kind of a pipeline fan for this reason is as long as we're using oil, you got to move oil. And if you got to move oil, the best way to do it is on, is via the pipeline because pipelines are safer than trucks and trucks are safer than uh, some other ways. Uh, I should say, pipelines are safer than trains or safer than trucks. That's always been the philosophy that I lived by. Obviously, we had a problem up in North Dakota not that long ago with moving oil, and one of those trains exploded. So that's always a uh, difficult proposition when you start wondering about how to move oil. If you're going to use oil, you got to move oil. So if you're against the pipeline, you got to be against driving. Uh, but we'll see how bad it is up there as more details come out. That's just breaking this afternoon, as you heard from Dan Peters at the top of the hour. Uh, coming up in just a moment, we are going to chat with Mr. Scott Erisman of South Dakota Blog and uh, City Hall Watcher and uh, 
generally entertaining conversation. So that's coming up all on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and a little CCR. Fortunate son for uh, our next guest, local blogger, city hall watcher, Scott Arisman. Scott. Uh, are you a fortunate son? <laughs> yes, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes not. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you played that intro song because, you know, saw Fogarty at um, Okaboji. There, they they have that little concert thing out there on mm-hmm. the on the. You probably been there before, and that was right after Fogarty won his lawsuit that he could play, you know, the CCR songs that you know, he yeah, wrote. Right. <laughs> and uh, the funny part is when he started playing that song, there was this mist coming over the, over the stage. And they had this, they have this American flag that comes up from the uh, top of the uh, stage. And it was furling while he started singing fortunate son. This lady was in front of me and she's just scrambling to get her camera. Cause, cause he's standing, you know, front stage and she's like, I got to get this picture. Yeah. I just kind of started laughing. But. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah um, he was awesome. I mean, he's just amazing. Well, those songs are amazing. And it was, uh, that lawsuit lasted, uh, I mean, years and years time. and years. I, I can't even tell you how long it was. It was a long time. Yeah, it was kind of a shame because. Yeah, he uh, wrote the song. Yeah. And for a long time, <laughs> in his prime, wasn't able to do some of the, you know, classic American canon of, of rock and roll. And one more thing, too, what I found surprising, I've only seen him that one time, and, and like I said, he's amazing. He makes his band stand back about 15 feet behind him, and he dims the lights on him so you can barely even see him. Oh, It's wow. him yeah. and his guitar in front. Yeah, it's That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. And yeah. he's getting up there now, uh, obviously had a few hits and everything, but mm-hmm. that that uh, voice is just iconic oh, from that, from that yeah. era. Yeah. He's and wonderful. so we'll be listening to some... There may be a couple other CCR oh, teams yeah. as we yeah. go through. I love all their stuff. The course of the show here, uh, Scott. I asked Scott, "What music do you want me to play?" And he <laughs> said, uh, "CCR or uh, a whole bunch of Tom Waits songs." <laughs> I, I don't have access to the Tom Waits catalog. You, just it's yet. almost it, yeah. I wondered if you were going to get access because he's just like one of those things where it's hard to. Get yeah, access. exactly. It's you a, never if you find him in a jukebox, it's like oh my god, you yeah, found him in right. a jukebox. <laughs> Um, you're a longtime fan of Tom Waits, right? Very, and I've never seen him. Um, one of your guests on the show, Hudson, went to see him. Oh, God, it's probably 15 years ago with uh, local rocker Rich Show, and Hudson was talking to me about it at Ernie's one day, and he's like, yeah, me and Rich are going to go see. And I go, you didn't even ask me if I wanted a ticket. It was at, like, the State Theater in yep. Minneapolis. Yeah. So I've never gotten to see him, and I'm hoping he lives long enough for i live yeah. to see him well uh rich show opened it i didn't know that no no no. they went to go see the show i uh, went together it was at the state like, theater wow. yeah, yeah well that's pretty cool yeah uh you're not here to talk about music no although no. I, you know we could do we could talk about music for an hour yeah know. we could it wouldn't be a we problem talk about the foo fighters later but yeah that's time. okay yeah well you went didn't you yeah yeah did you like it yeah i the the event i see i've been to i went to the opening joan jet thing Mm-hmm. And then I went to the Heart concert for United Way, which was excellent. 
but it wasn't the whole. They played a long time and they played all their songs, but it wasn't. It wasn't the whole um, uh, light show kind of thing. Yeah. And, and uh, that wasn't me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, um, so this was my first paid show that I went to. I had great seats. Um, somebody accidentally bought an extra seat that was a single ticket and asked me if I wanted it, and it was right by the stage. But, you know, you and me probably are very similar. I'm not a big going to a big event center to see a show. It's right. nothing against them. Right. I Trust me. And the light show was great, and the music was great. The sound in there is way above the arena. I mean, yeah. whatever the yeah. arena was. Yeah. And um, But standing in line for $9 drinks, mm-hmm. waiting to get out of the parking lot, mm-hmm. Standing yeah. in line for the bathroom when I can go to Icon, mm-hmm. pay a fifth of what I paid for the ticket to go to the event center, mm-hmm. see one of my favorite bands, and stand next to the stage. Yeah. You know, is right. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's know? just a different experience. And it's got nothing yeah. to do with the act or the venue. No. It's just that really it's the number of people. Yeah. yeah. And so, that, that was the other thing that was funny. I was standing there and um, I didn't know the people around me, but I, I chatted with them before the sh- this the Foo Fighters started and stuff. Well, while they were playing the album version of their song, because that's what they got to do. I mean, they're a touring act. The crowd's all excited and they're singing along and they're, and then once they start jamming or playing solos, the mm-hmm. crowd just went still. They don't know what to do. And it's just like, <laughs> if you wanted to hear the album, you could have just stayed at home and listened to it. Yeah, you know? that's right. Well, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's fun if you're into it and it's an event, it could yeah. be a great time. And I don't, but uh, did you, I heard that Grohl's voice was not great, though. No. And he almost didn't come That's what I heard. He almost canceled the show. It was bad. It didn't sound like him at all. Yeah. It, it probably it is really better for scratchy. him to do the show, even if it wasn't great, mm-hmm. rather than cancel, because people would have mm-hmm. been... That would have been unfortunate. You know? Yeah. And uh, friend Jesse uh, got to meet Taylor and the bass player, I think, at Crosstown Vinyl. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was funny, or the guitar player, one of the guitar players. I can't remember. I, I got, I said to Jess, if Dave Growl and Pat Schmier would have been there, and you didn't call me, there would have been, there would have been fighting words. <laughs> but he was there. He, he likes to hang out there. He knows Astro owns Crosstown Vinyl, and um, Jesse remembered the guitar player from a punk rock band called Christ on a Crutch. Wow! And he brought he it said, up hey. to him. <laughs> and he said, hey, I saw you in Rapid City when you were in that band, Christ in the Crutch. And the guy just started laughing. He says, oh, my God, that was so long ago, you know, that probably over it. 20 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're here with Scott Erisman, and we have now uh, blown through a whole bunch of time talking about music, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let, let's hit some hot topics. Uh, we'll start with the most recent, and maybe we will have more time to talk about this later. But the big announcement downtown of the parking ramp, multi-use hotel um you know it's a it's a big night it's gonna be a big nice hotel that's a good thing right yes um and i will just say this just like i said the other night at the council meeting i think downtown needs more parking i think downtown needs a new parking ramp i believe that a hundred percent i've talked to joe bachelor from downtown sioux falls i mean he's shown me all kinds of stuff information that says hey we need a new parking ramp mm-hmm. i believe them um, I believe I'm not real sold on that location, but I'm also kind of okay with it. The problem with this, 
the problem. Oh, the problems. Wait, okay. Wait, I was. I didn't know there was going to be a problem. There's a problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. Okay, so there's several. Let's go down the list here. Oh my, here we go. Okay, so we're getting we're paying for 525 parking stall spaces. Um, we're actually leasing over 100 of them, so we're down to about I think 390 are going to be public parking spot spaces. We are paying 20 million dollars for these parking spots. That comes to um, 40 thousand dollar per stall. Industry standard in parking stalls is 25,000 a stall. So we're basically paying double for a stall then. And that's how they price parking ramps. I know a lot of people go, what are you talking about? And it's like, that is how parking ramps yeah, are. It's sort of like square foot stall. It, you and, know. and, and the airport proposed, I, I watched a proposal at democratic forum on March 24th this year. Dan Letlier from the airport talked about the four story parking ramp. They're going to build across from the terminal. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost the same amount. 20, well, around the same amount, 22 to 24 million. Mm-hmm. It's going to have 1,100 uh, uh, spaces, and that's about 20 to 22,000 install. So, why is the, and that's apples to apples, man, because they own the land out there. We own the land here. Why are we paying twice as much for a stall than what the airport's going to be paying? And the other thing with that is, you know, my speculation on that, besides being just a regular old $10 million handout, you know, half of that is, you know, we're saying we're paying double, is we are going to be building the uh, foundation and the the build-up. we got to build up this foundation underneath the hotel. So that's why it's costing 40000 well, a stall. Isn't part of this, too, that building on that spot is going to be difficult because you know what's right below it, and that is solid quartz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's legitimate. That's a legitimate yeah, cost. Why not just tell us that? You know, this is why we're paying. Pat Starr asked Darren Ketchum about the, the stall. Commun- community development director, yeah, Darren community, Ketchum. I'm sorry. Counselor and Pat Starr. P- Counselor Pat Starr asked Darren Ketchum, why is it so much per stall? And Darren said, well, that doesn't concern me. And it's like, which should be concerning because that's how parking ramps are priced per stall, you know? And so that's a concern. Um, another concern is, okay, they're paying a $1 million 80-year lease. Well, that sounds like a good deal. You know what that comes to per month? Well, sure. $1,000. I understand that. but They're renting city property for $1,000 a month. That doesn't seem that unusual, though. I mean, because really? at least, I mean, oftentimes they'll, they'll do something where it's a buck. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it costs for rent to release a retail space? You know, well, sure, re- a retail space. I understand that, but this is a this has public private partnership. It's a multi use facility. It's got it's got multiple purposes. It's got more than just renting retail space on the strip. You know what I'm saying? And what, who signs an eighty year lease? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just kind of chuckled about that. Yeah, I understand. The apocalypse is going to happen before that. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I should say, I'm going to remind people that earlier in the show, I said, uh, cause we're, 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 things are going so well today that we're going to do a little dry run on, uh, on calls. That's cool. So yeah. if, if somebody has a question for Scott, I mean, I don't want people to just call up and scream at you because they I can, can do that on my blog I, and I can do that here so <laughs> that you don't need to, but if you have a legitimate question for Scott, fire away, you can call 338-KSOO or 338-5766 and, uh, Uber producer Dan Peters will, uh answer the phone and chat you up a little bit and we'll see if we can make that work. Um, a couple little things too, is, you know, they talk about the jobs it'll create. 
Um, these are hospitality jobs. Hospitality the, jobs in this town are the lowest paid jobs. They're on, they're on the low end of the wage. They're scale. low end everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's true. Yeah. There's no and, doubt about that. And then another one that was just brought up, and this is the last part that I have in this, unless you have something else, because you are the host of the show. <laughs> uh, vaguely. <laughs> vaguely. Um, what is the hotel vacancy going to be like downtown? You know, we already have the country and suites. You know we land. need hotels. You know that. I know, but are we getting going to get people to come downtown to stay? Um, you know, and they're opening that Phillips Hotel, too. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Next, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Boutique hotel. Yeah. Um, so that was another question somebody asked me. And they said, well, is it going to be a popular hotel? Is it going to be full? You know, having the $20 million uh, 100% cost overrun public parking ramp underneath it probably will help. <laughs> 40000 40, a stall. I, I hope that y- your car just kind of floats into the spot and someone's washing your car when you get in there. Um, we are going to continue this conversation about parking ramps and other uh, pressing issues facing the city of Sioux Falls here in a moment. We'll come back right after the news with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show. That, of course... Creedence Clearwater Revival, Green River. That's uh, to bring in our guest, Mr. Scott Arisman, local blogger at SouthDakota.com. You've been very active lately. Here we go. (laughs) We uh, play an LC. I'd like to get to the... uh, You know, I like that yeah. song, but uh, it always reminds me of uh, the old Flag with Hank days because Flag with Hank used to cover that tune. They'd come out. I can't remember what tune they'd come out of, but they'd come out of another tune. And Ralph Mills, who was the guitar player at the mm-hmm. time, would go over to the amp and a lot of big, big white noise, you know, get a lot of mm-hmm. reverb going. And then he'd turn around and, and just at the peak of it, you'd hear that. <laughs> it was it was just always an awesome even now it kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about it whoo whoo so i love green river yes um but that's not again not why we're here to talk uh to scott Arisman. uh it's not a ccr revival um i should mention that we had a call we had a call we did clearly a plant yeah. clearly a plant by you <laughs> it was uh bruce danielson cameraman, cameraman bruce, bruce yes um and he wanted to know how come it is so expensive to build on quartzite to which I, to my response is it's very hard. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And his, I think his point is it's, it's a good base and it is, but you got to blow up a bunch of stuff to hook onto it. So as I understand, that's what they, that's what they had to do building the admin building. There was a, there was a lot of uh, explosives going on there too. There's always a lot when you build downtown Sioux Mm -hmm. Falls because there's quartzite under the whole thing. Yeah. So that's that's the pink quartzite along the river. It's the second hardest material in in the world. Yes. So that is a that's a challenge, and it's a legitimate cost, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to have business downtown, you're going to have that. But the the hotel should be paying for that. Well, it's a public private partnership because we want. Well, if it's to a partnership, cons- then we pay we for need our par- part. They pay for their part. Yeah. Well, right. That's, I think that's what they're deciding. What you're saying is. You don't think the amounts are right? No. It's not the concept. No. It's the amounts. It's not. I'm fine 
private public partnership. But I think if it's a fifty million dollar project, they should be paying forty and we should be paying ten and paying that twenty five thousand range per stall. Yeah. Well, I you could That's probably and then I you think could maybe we're giving them ten million dollars technically is how I'm looking at it. And it's now the other part of that is do you agree with this part? It's not direct taxpayer money because it's being paid for by a bond that is funded by the fees on the parking lot. Now, this is a long-standing argument, and I, I, this is what I always say to people. I don't know if I'm right or if you're right, but I, this is my argument on that. Pat Starr, Councilor Pat Starr said it best the other day. doesn't matter if it's coming out of my left pocket or if it's coming out of my right pocket. If you're paying user fees, whether that's parking, water, sewer, yeah. That's a tax. And when you're giving money to a government entity, No, because you can choose not to park in the ramp. But you're giving money to you a government You can't choose to have sewer or not. When you're giving money, this is, like I said, you don't yep. have to agree I with understand. me. When you're giving money to a government entity, mm-hmm. that's a tax. Okay. Because they're not taking the money, or they're not supposed to be taking the money. Right. And turning it into a profit or a business or a business model of any kind. They're taking the money, and what are they using it for? To build a parking ramp. Right. So how is that any different than me paying a second penny and using the money to build a road? It's not. A user fee is just, and same with a water fee, that's that's a tax. I agree with you on tax and uh, sewer, sure. Yeah. But I don't agree with you on the parking ramp. Two things. Like I said, a lot of people right. don't agree with my argument on that. That's okay. That's fine. That's but okay. that's how I look at but it. I want it to is you, taxpayer money. I'm going to tell you what I think, and you don't have to agree with me. And that is that two things. One, the parking ramp will supply parking spaces that are needed to further development downtown because it's not just people driving up needing to go to right. Zambro's. It's it's business development, mm-hmm. spaces for people to park and go Like around. I said, yep. I support the parking yep. ramp 100%. I know you do. So there's that part of it. But also the hotel will be bringing in people that will park there who will supply money to the bond to pay it off that don't have anything to do with Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that that's also, so it gets, the numbers can get kind of squishy. And <laughs> there, you know, I said to someone, if it would have been a little bit over that 25,000, like 27,000 or yeah. even 30,000, yeah. I would have said, that's okay. You know, it usually costs more when government builds something. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but double, mm, that's not squishy anymore. That's kind of, I, I, I told the council we're getting hosed, is what I said. Do you think that, so the council has to approve this? Yes. Um, do they they have, have the votes. Do they have the time? Oh, yeah, I think it'll pass. But do they have the timeline to do it? Or do you know what the I timeline is? I thought first is? reading was either next week or in two weeks. But I do remember them saying there's three weeks. Okay. So, so soon. Oh, yeah. And within three weeks, there'll be the second reading. Will we have a better idea, uh, a better breakdown on those numbers by the time they vote? Well, they've been asking a lot of questions about that. that. I'm glad you brought that up, too. That's the other thing. Legacy development, the developer that's handling this project, doesn't have a hotel tenant. Well, they say it's going to be announced later. It will be a well, main wouldn't you have an, I don't I mean, know what that means. I'm sure they announced made, that when you came to the council well, and I, said, I'm look at this big, beautiful hotel. No, I'm certain they have made inquiries. Well, I don't think they, I think they probably have people interested, but until the council kind of puts their stamp right. over they're not going to say it, yes. They're not going to say yes. So I kind of agree with Teresa that the investors should, the major investors should be 
handed over before they approve this. We should know who those are. We should know who the hotel tenant is. We Why should we know? Because I don't think we should know who the hotel tenant is because hotels can change. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It could be a Hilton and a, a, a Weston and a, a, a something else. You know what I mean? That happens. So at some measure, who the hotel is doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't Not matter. Not all hotel chains have good reputations, Pat. Well, I understand that. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to name really. any hotel yeah. chains here, but yeah. we believe that it's going to be something that's reputable. Or otherwise, that's just a bad business model. Do you do you see any similarities in this project to a project that was proposed by Legacy a few years ago over next to Wells Fargo Bank? It's almost identical. Could be, and they deal- basically took that project and moved it. Deals fall through, though. Yeah, I mean that's. You know, and the deal that was there before, I mean, the thing is, we wouldn't be having this discussion if the previous deal on that spot hadn't fallen through, fallen through the banks or whatever it was called. Right? Uh, yeah. And there's a couple of reasons why that fell through. Yeah. We'll and that aren't important, that, but, but deals but fall through. That's another thing, too. Originally, when this parking ramp was proposed, it was going to be the $10 million price tag that, I, that's like, that I've been talking about what it should be. Okay. And well, it jumped to 20. How does, how does yeah. that happen within a year period of time? Well, the whole deal changed. The whole deal changed. <laughs> we, yeah, it did. Didn't and I, I, you know, I think it's legitimate to see the numbers. I think that mm. that before the council votes, they should have a good firm handle on what money's being used for what and what the split is. Private, I I agree with. And who that. was on the RFP committee to, to decide this? Because there's this been one some, didn't have an RFP. It yes, was an it RFQ. Well, Q. it had a committee. We do know Erickson was the counselor on it. We do know that for a fact because she has said that publicly. Okay. Good for her. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of people asking the question, who's investing in this project and are they do they have ties to this committee? Well, that's a, I think that's a legitimate question. Oh, it's a, you, that's what I'm saying back yeah. to what Teresa says. Yeah, because there we is really a, need to know. If it's a public-private partnership, mm-hmm. there needs to be an extra level of transparency. Now, do we need to know every little detail? No. No, but we need to know who they are. I yeah, would agree do. with that. Yeah. Because it could be, uh, you know, well, I won't even say. Yeah. And um, I, and I, and I, well, <laughs> I'm gonna, I know exactly who you're thinking right. about. <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything I'm not either. That. But, but uh, um, the, yep, we're talking with Scott Arisman, yeah. local blog, before I get too carried away, <laughs> local blogger and city hall watcher. Yeah. And you can ask Scott a question if you want to call 338-KSOO, just like uh, cameraman Bruce did. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And then and, one more, one more thing on this. Right. Before, let's not beat it to death. Well, why and not? I'll be, and I'll be very careful how I say this. Please. A, a lot of people say that, you know, Legacy was the developer on the, the Copper Lounge. Right, and that's, that's okay. not fair. That's not fair, I know. But there is a difference here uh, with this, too. Um, when developers develop a project, they hire a contractor. Mm-hmm. That's common practice. Mm-hmm. The city hired, I think... Gil Hogan or Sioux Falls mm-hmm. Construction or whatever to build the pool and the, and the administration. Right, building. that's normal. That's normal. But what a lot of people don't understand is Holgrant, Aaron Holgrant, was partners with Legacy. That's a whole different kind that of was thing. The it's contractor. a development company owning a construction company. But That and, is different. And I don't have, I can't do this as well as Greg Neitzert can. Yeah. But he, he mounted a council person. Greg Neitzert uh, is very... Um, fluent in this particular mm-hmm. topic uh, and has posted all the relevant documents. And he claims that it's it's just not fair to equate the two. 
Well, no, the construction company was at fault. They're the ones that got fined by OSHA, mm-hmm. and that still is not closed because they're fighting the fines. Obviously, right? It takes a long time. It takes a long time. It'll take years. But probably. Legacy is not being held responsible for what happened on that site. Well, they weren't the construction right. company. They were just the. But what I'm company. saying is, Holcrent and Legacy were business partners. Sure, that. But I think everybody knows that, right? No, I don't think everybody okay. does. Right. I think people are assuming, like you're saying, what Greg Greg is saying. It is, wasn't legacy. It wasn't like legacy hired an outside contractor. Holcrick right. Construction was legacy's contractor. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're going to come back, and uh, right after this message, we're going to hit a whole bunch of other city topics. Although this one is fascinating. It's a, it's a big dang deal down there. It is going to be the tallest building in South Dakota, which is kind of funny. Well, there's yeah, there's questions about that. Is that what the airport? What the, what does the airport? Uh, we were talking about the airport, the parking ramp. What does the airport say about that? What is the airport? What is the National Guard? It's base still say about down that? below other building. It's just because the ground is lower. Yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah, this is the Patrick Lally Show on Information One Thousand KSOO. Four forty nine on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. That one is particularly for our guest Scott Erisman, "Bad Moon Rising" by Creedence Clearwater Revival, because he always sees a bad moon rising, no matter where he looks. I'm a cynic. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's why we have you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, so let's move on topics. Um, the the latest thing with the event center is we aren't going to find out two things. We don't get to know who's the bidders are to do this evaluation, right? Is that, is that correct? Nope. That's right. And that's a bad thing, isn't it? Oh, but mm. that's normal. That's just what they do. But you would think that they I would... was surprised they found someone to tell you the truth. Have they found someone? Did I miss this? They found someone. Do we know who it is? Well, what I'm saying is they got bidders. Oh, they have bidders. So, yeah, so that, yes. so that means they're going to find somebody. Right. I'm surprised. I didn't think they'd have anybody bid on it. Why is that? It's money, man. It's money, but are you going to want to go and critique the work of one of the biggest event center builder, one of the biggest construction builders in the country? It's government money. Good money. You get paid money. <laughs> sure you are. So there's four bidders, right? We know that. I, I think so, yeah. And when do we find out who it is? I don't think they'll tell us until after the report's done. Oh, really? Or maybe they'll tell us once they've been picked to do the work. Don't they have to do it I when they actually know. award the contract? I think they maybe do. I yeah. think. Then we'll find out. Yeah, and then, to, then check. I don't know anymore. The rules change down there all the time. Yeah. Well, and... <laughs> when it, it comes to transparency, it's just wherever the wind, the wind is blowing that day. And it shouldn't take that long to do that, right? No. Yeah. I, I think an experienced crew could come in and do that in three days. Um, part of the problem, though, is this is a really poor time to do it. It's a bad time of the year. Because of yeah. the, you can't really test the moisture and the heat variances behind that. that in, they should be able November. to see if there's anything back there. They, yeah, you might, you're going to be able to find mold, sure. But are you gonna, you're not going to know about, uh, there's no, it's been very dry. You're not going to know about any moisture, really. They I mean, just throw buckets of water on it. You know what I mean? They just say, 
just hose it down and see what happens, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's not that hard. It's going to freeze on the outside and what's going to happen. I should have put in a bid. Yeah. That's what should have happened. I, I know who the two counselors are. They're sitting on the committee. Yeah, there's two of them. That's, yeah. that's new, isn't it? No, they said there was going to be two. Oh, okay. I, and it's funny. I used the process of elimination to figure it out. And did you just go up to them and say, hey, you're on this no, committee? No, I just kind of did. I asked around and figured it out. <laughs> figure it out i don't think that counselors should be on those committees i've said that 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 seems like a bad idea you know i i i disagree with uh teresa staley and you to a certain extent that the process needs to be opened up to i don't know to the degree to which you want to open it up but i understand that there's a level of anonymity that needs to be involved to keep people from lobbying let me compare it to something that i used to be involved with which i don't do much anymore jury dart shows Mm-hmm. you know who the jury is before you enter the show it's in the brochure when they say come into our show this is the juror this is the professor from such and such i understand the, that but and, that's and, not and the I, same as no, millions and, of dollars and, that, and i'm saying with the rfp um it should be this is the committee and i, I kind of agree with you a little bit with not having counselors on there um because it puts them in a position yeah that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. is it can be a, a closed system. The, the evaluation system, I don't, that doesn't bother me. But the fact that the counselors are on there just creates the potential for bad situations. You know, But they should be able to see all the information that the RFP committee sees, I think. The counselors should. Yeah. Well, and maybe they can have a brief session. That's they, fine. They should be able to, if they want to have. If they want to see it. If they want to see it, they should be able to do it in executive session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because who's more uh, pliable than a politician? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that just puts them in a bad position that, that is not, I, I think it's bad. And I think they need to quit it, that A practice. great example of this, and quickly, is, you know, you have Paramedics Plus who was, pitched, uh, was picked by a consultant called Fitch and whatever the heck they're called. Fitch and something. Um, Fitch does business with Paramedics Plus yeah. across the country. Yeah, that that's a conflict, and well, that's a and if a if the counselors would have been let in and shown all the proposals, executive session, and then they could have came back and said, okay, paramedics plus is is yeah, the best. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, that's a that's a good example right there. Uh, you, I just don't think that. I think ambulance service is like fire service. It should be part of the fire department. It's a public. Agree with you 100%. I've said that over and over and over again. And the funny part about it is we would, we'd be making money from it actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Scott, thanks for coming in today. We yeah, just, no problem. We hit all kinds of stuff, but we didn't, we didn't even get to some of the good stuff. So you'll have to come back. Hey, I got to talk about what I wanted to. So well, that's good. Yeah. This is the Patrick Lally show on information. 1000 KSOO.